Hey. Hey, Clark. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you know, in Home Alone where Fuller says, wake up, wake up, it's Christmas. It's kind of like that today, I guess. That's right. It is here. We are we are to the final day. Yeah, and it's been two years in the making because we didn't get it last year. Um, so are you ready to recap some games? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, and want to tell everybody that you can follow us on Twitter at T E E R O Y H O W E L L. That's me, Troy Howe. You can follow Clark, my brother, at R E Z I N C. This episode is presented by at Bluegrass B Ball. You can follow them on Twitter, Bluegrass Basketball. And check out some of my articles on KSR. Last night I recapped the two uh, late games. So, um, Let's get into it. So we didn't do the Knox Central Ashland game because it was late um, on the previous night, Thursday night. So not really a whole lot to say there. It looked like Ashland rushed out to a big lead. Uh, Knox Central made a little bit of a game of it. Turner had a good game in the second half. I actually left early in that one. Did you see anything from Knox Central in the second half that kind of showed, hey, maybe they could even get back in it or not really? I don't think it ever really felt like they were going to get back in the game. I mean, obviously they got a lot better uh, in the second half when Turner uh, kind of took over. I think he scored uh, all 20 of his points in the second half. Um, but they were held to, what, 10 points in the first half. Uh, so Ashland played played great defense there to, to jump out to the lead and, and was never really threatened. Yeah, that's two straight games where Ashland has really come out and dominated. They On Boyle County, they got off to an even larger lead early on. Um, so yeah, Ashland really looked like a different team than, than, than they did in the region and Knox Central just, uh, didn't really ever get anything going, but it, it, it's a better look for Knox Central after we saw what Ashland did to Boyle, right? Oh yeah. I mean, they just absolutely dominated, um, they can held, held Boyle to 16 points in the first half. I think it was up by 30 this game. So, uh, 50 point lead over, over their two first halves. Uh, so far this tournament, they have they've jumped on top early and not given the other team any chance to to really think they were in the game. Yeah, in the Knox Central or in Knox Central game, Ashland uh, had was led by Colin Porter, who had 17 points, four rebounds, eight assists, 11 of 13 free throws, and two steals. And then, of course, they shot the ball pretty well, four of 13 from three. Um, so, so yeah, and I, it was funny. I put a recap up and they put it on Facebook for KSR about the Ashland game uh, where they defeated um, Boyle County, which which we'll, we'll get to. But I, I put they beat them in the quarterfinals of the Sweet 16 and said it was an easy win. And I guess some, one guy got confused and everyone had to keep trying to tell him. But he didn't understand that the Sweet 16 refers to the whole tournament, not just the first round. He kept thinking it was a recap of the first round game. So I guess people could be confused by that. Funny story. Oh, yeah, that- that wouldn't have even crossed my mind, but I, I can see where that would come into into some confusion because it's not typically called that with the NCAA tournament. It's just the one round, but yeah, it's the whole yeah. thing here. Yeah, he's like, oh, it was a, uh, it was not a blowout. It was close. Someone's like, forty points or whatever is a terrible blowout, and then he's like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The Sweet Sixteen. It was close. So I don't <laughs> know. Funny. Um, all right. Well, you ready to move on to yesterday's first round game between E Town and Clark County? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I thought that I thought that Clark County 
could – I didn't think they'd win, but I thought they could make a pretty good game of it after what they did to Oldham County. Did Did you think that Clark County could keep it close for longer than they did? Yeah, I thought it would be relatively competitive. With with you, I thought E-Town was pretty comfortable favorite that I would have been, been surprised if they didn't get the win. But I did expect probably a little bit closer game. Um, but – but yeah, E Town jumped out to a quick eight oh lead, I think, before Clark County even got any shots off. So uh it's it's hard to play uh from behind against them. Yeah, and E Town, you know, they, they didn't even shoot it well, so if you tell Clark County E Town goes two of ten, I'm sure they take it from three and nine of seventeen free throw. But too many layups. Uh Murphy got uh he was ten of eleven for E Town, lots of layups, twenty one points. Franklin was nine of eleven, twenty two points, so Clark County did not assert any advantage inside. Uh, Wellman struggled from three. He was 0-5. They need him to make some more threes. Morton was 0-4 from three. He was good inside. He had 16 points. So did, was it just – you think the swarming pressure just never allowed Clark County to get the ball inside to their big guys? Yeah, I mean, in the second half, they did a little bit better job getting the ball into Edwards, who uh, was 5-5 five five for 10 yeah. points, had a couple nice dunks, uh, had three blocks. I thought he played well for Clark County, but – uh, you know, when, when Smothers was in there, I think, you know, he's played pretty well in the postseason, but he just couldn't match up with, with anybody on E-Town. Uh, so they he got 3,000 in the first half, but uh, really couldn't couldn't give them enough on defense to uh, to stay in the game. Uh, but Edwards did a pretty good job inside. And, and, you know, I thought Sammy Hernandez, when he came in and played in the second half for Clark County, he gave them a little spark, a little energy off the bench, but uh, they just, uh, like you mentioned, they they didn't shoot the three well. Um, their you know main two scores zero of nine. Uh, they needed to hit they needed to hit a majority of those. Probably four of nine. They might have been been a little bit better uh, shot in the game and kept it closer to where they would have uh, been able to fight back. But they just without being able to hit those shots, they they weren't going to be able to match up. I bet all these winning teams forced at least probably fifteen turnovers. Clark County had sixteen turnovers. Sloan six and Morton four. Good game for Morton. Um, so just uh, looking back on Clark County's season, uh, you know, they started out on fire. They were in the KSR top ten. Um, they had Morton get hurt, went down for a while. They had some COVID cancellations. They had some struggling results getting back from that. Um, so they were – and they got everyone coming back almost except Wellman. So do, so do you think they would take an Elite Eight finish if if you told them at the first of the year you guys are going to make the Elite Eight? Do you think they'd be happy? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably about where they, they should have been. Um, I think they were, you know, at their peak, a, a top ten team um, who at one point I thought might have been a fringe contender to win the state title, but I don't think they were ever uh, really in a spot where where the Final Four was um, it was definitely attainable, but where that was kind of what you would expect from them. So I thought the the season probably turned out about how it should for them. But like you said, they've got basically everyone but Wellman coming back, and uh, definitely will will start the season next year in the top ten, and, and probably higher than that. So I think they will have much bigger aspirations next year. All right. Well, let's move on to Ballard against Bowling Green. This was many people thought it could be the game of the tournament or the game to decide decide the the tournament and. It was a pretty good game. Again, Ballard um, got out to a big lead like most of the winners have. Bowling Green actually, I think, grabbed the lead maybe in the second quarter. Uh, Ballard's coach after the game said their guys just had some lapses during that run. The 
in guarding and defense. He he trusts the guys, and then eventually they found themselves. So so do, so do you think it was Ballard being the more kind of the more superior team? With they just kind of had like one bad stretch and let Bowling Green get back in the game. Yeah, I thought Ballard looked better. Um, you know, the only thing for Bowling Green again, we'll talk about the shooting, but you know, Mason and, and Buttry. Uh, combined 11 of 33 and, and only two of 10 from three and of course those are guys who you know you expect to hit shots and then score points and I mean I thought I thought Mason played a good game he finished with 17 points 14 rebounds four assists but just couldn't uh couldn't get the ball in consistently uh and of course Ballard's defense had a big part in that um just like in the first game you know Barr made it really tough inside for anybody to to get free baskets, which lets Ballard be more aggressive on the perimeter defending. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought Ballard was the better team. The game was was competitive, but never really did it feel like it was in doubt. I mean, it felt like Ballard was pretty much in control the whole way. Yeah, Bowling Green had a couple threes late that if they go, they maybe get it to one possession. Their coach said after the game they just couldn't quite get it to one possession. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, Butchery missed a couple free throws early, and he's 95%. That kind of was a bad sign. Again, 16 turnovers from a losing team. Of course, Ballard had 15 turnovers, five turnovers for Huddleston. I thought that this game, and I put it on Twitter, and a lot of people agreed, was called too loose. There was too much contact, too many. I mean, it makes for a fun game to watch with not a good flow, but it but it, it was just too bruising. And, and I think that kind of favored Ballard because – uh, Bowling Green's plan, they said, was to go after Barr, maybe get him in foul trouble, just go right at him on the inside with their big guys. Fouls were not called. You know, I thought even though Barr only had um, uh, like five points, I think he was maybe the difference in the game, kind of like Anthony Davis was in the Final Four. What did you think about his play? Yeah, I mean, he just he makes it hard on everybody. He had six blocks, which, uh, you know, doesn't count half the shots he altered or, or mm-hmm. changed. And, and I think they missed a lot of layups trying to – force him up quickly so I thought he played really well and the other key I thought um, a couple of things Sisk really scored early um, helped Ballard get out to that lead was shooting the ball pretty well had 22 for the game uh, and then I thought uh, Shante is it Marrero Mario, Mario is how the PA guy whichever that is I thought he played really well he had you know he's, he's small he's less than six feet probably five ten had 13 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks. And, and you know, he plays hard, plays good defense. and uh, So I thought he was really a, a key in this game, maybe as a, a bit more of an unsung player. Yeah, and I, I don't quote me, but I think he might be a good football player for them. I think he plays football. Um, but, yeah, he was kind of a guy that stuck out to me because you think, okay, stop their three guys. But he he was maybe, maybe the difference being the spark. That was he. They, they said the first game he didn't play real well, but he bounced back in this one. Um, and then yep. Barr, he he probably forced. He took two charges and, and probably forced five walks. So I'd say most of like Huddleston, I said had five turnovers. They were probably all when Barr was gardening. Yeah, that's probably um, true. I mean, he definitely he he is just a little preview. But you know, dealing with him is going to be the big challenge for for whoever wants to find a way to beat Ballard today. Yeah, he's a he's a beast, and he stays out of foul trouble. Um, so for Bowling Green, I think of all the semifinal teams, they're probably the most disappointed in. I mean, of all the Elite Eight teams, in in just making the Elite Eight, do, do, do you think for them they're they're going to look back and say, you know, we were a legitimate contender to win this, we're we're going to be disappointed with this Elite Eight finish. 
Yeah, I think uh, they were. You know, I think they were the the best team here that's lost so far. I agree. Um, I think they are the only team here that that is out that could have legitimately won a state title without you know a lot of flukes or anything crazy happening. That they were they were that good. Uh, they had the easiest path to get to the quarterfinals. So I mean, they they didn't mm-hmm. have to you know beat any really good teams to get out of their region um, or to win their first round game. So uh, they kind of the first first bump in the road, and, and they weren't able to overcome that. I mean, they played maybe the best team in the state, so there's no no shame in their loss, but I think they definitely, uh, coming into this year with basically a group mostly of seniors, uh, you know, one of the one of the better players in the state in Mason, and, you know, a good junior in Buttery, and uh, they, I think, would have, would have definitely had aspirations, legitimate aspirations for a state title this year. So uh, I think they probably finished where they should as – uh, as a quarterfinalist, but definitely could have uh, if they got some breaks gone a lot further. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, that's what I thought as well. Well, let's move on to Ashland over Boyle County. The final score was eighty to forty-four. Looked like a completely different Ashland team than the one that needed a Colin Porter three to beat West Carter in the semifinals. Um, I watched Ashland play during the year where they 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 beat North Laurel and when they when they get on a roll, you know you, you watch them in the 16th region and it seems like they didn't get hot in some of those region games. But when they get on a roll, they are they are tough to beat. So, is this kind of what you expected against Boyle County, or or do you do you not know what Ashland team's going to show up? Yeah, I didn't expect this. Um, I mean, right. coming into the year, that's probably if you told me Ashland was playing Boyle in this game. I definitely thought Ashland was going to win this game. I felt confident in that, and, and double figures wouldn't have surprised me, but I did not expect a running clock early in the second half. I mean, I think it was less than two minutes into the third quarter once they uh, built up that 35, 36-point lead to get the running clock. And I mean, they just they were hitting on all cylinders, and, and Boyle County couldn't get anything going against them. So, you know, that was probably the most impressive performance of the tournament so far. Yeah, they're they're looking really good. Their margin of victory is dominant through two games. Um, they shot ten of seventeen from three. Ashland did. Xander Carter, I thought, played really well early. Um, Colin Porter with a block and a steal early that led to three pointers for them. Porter was very impressive. He had eleven point six assists, one block, four steals. He went down with an injury in the third quarter. They, I tried to ask him in the press conference after, but. They didn't really. I guess that question didn't go through. So, hopefully, he's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, they, they did all this stuff in in three quarters. Uh, let's see, Carter was four or five from three. Sellers was four or four. Wow, I thought he was only three or three. So, so he he got twenty points. Um, just a dominant performance. And then, do, do you think Ashland's defense was really good too, or or do you think when the shots are falling, like it just makes the other team kind of disheartened and they don't play well on offense? Yeah, I think it's a little of both. I mean, you know, it's when you've held two teams to combine 26 points in the state tournament, you're definitely doing something right. And I, I think a lot of that is once they get going, get the momentum, and, and it might cause the other team to speed up a little bit. But, uh, you know, Boyle County likes to be physical with you, and, and they were more physical with Ashton, but Ashton was just using their quickness to get steals. I, I think they're deceptively quick. If you watch them walk out on the court, you're, uh, you know, probably not thinking this is a team that's – you're probably not surprised – watching warm-ups, watching their shooting, but uh, they come out and get steals and pressure you, and uh, they just never let Boyle kind of get comfortable at all. 
Yeah, if you look at the numbers, they both got up about the same number of shots. So it's um, except for the the free throws was more for Ashland, but twenty eight to forty six shooting from Ashland with ten of those being threes. Boyle County nineteen of forty four, so about the same number of shots, but zero threes. So the three pointers made a big difference there. Ashland won that by thirty points, and free throws by eight points. So um, pretty good performance. So if you're Boyle County, you would you would definitely take an elite eight finish but maybe you'd want to be a little more competitive in this game is what i'd say yeah i'm sure they're disappointed with with how this game went but but as a whole for the season i think they have to be very proud of, of the quarterfinal appearance um you know one one quick thing on Boyle county it's hard to say too much positive with, with the way this game went but uh, i really enjoyed at the end when they had the subs in uh the big guy i think it was tommy zeismer zeismer uh came in uh you know, big big guy, looks like I think he's just a sophomore, uh, two of two from the field, four points, had a rebound and an assist. And, you know, he's a guy I don't, you know, know a lot about their team, but uh, when he came in, you see someone with that size and you're like, well, he, you know, he must not be being coordinated or, or there's got to be some, some reason he's not playing, but he came in, good good hands. Uh, you know, mostly, mostly style. I don't know if he's a football player or not, but looks like he could probably help him on the gridiron as well. But uh, he was, he was, the the story for Bo- or for Boyle County for me the the entertainment uh, seeing him come in and have a, a nice little run there in the fourth quarter. He's one of their key offensive linemen. Um, that that last name sounds sounds familiar. So yeah, he was on their state championship football team, and so was Luke Shepherson, and of course Jagger Gillis, the quarterback. So maybe some more, but I know those three guys were three key football players. So yep, you're right. He's a did he did he look like he could be a good offensive lineman? Because he certainly is. I think he plays some defense. Oh, absolutely. Too. I mean, he's, yeah. yeah, he's he's got the size, and, and like I said, you know, a guy like that, you expect if he's not playing, there's there's a reason for it. But I couldn't see the reason when he was in there, so he might be a force for them moving forward in both sports. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the last game: Highlands sixty-three, McCracken County fifty-three. Um, so I thought that McCracken County played pretty well. They they showed themselves well. They weathered the early storm from Highlands, but they gave up a key five-point trip in the first half where um, Vincent uh, hit two free throws or hit a had a, had a had a basket, missed the the end one free throw. The Boyle or McCracken knocked it out of bounds, and then and then they let Muller get a three, and Muller ended up with three in a row. He ended up with seven of nine three-point shooting. He's one of the best shooters in the state. Highlands was 11 of 18 as a team. He had seven through the first three quarters. Did, did you think he might threaten Chris Lofton's record of nine? Yeah, I thought so. I think uh, Lofton and, and Richie both had nine in their uh, championship games. Uh, but uh, I think seven ties for the third most all-time behind those two. And, yeah, I, I thought we might see him uh, hit hit nine or ten. But uh, didn't I don't know if he even took any, any shots in the fourth quarter. Um, but uh, – shot the ball extremely well kind of what we expected from from highlands is you know to beat them you're going to have to find a way to prevent them from from getting that many good looks yeah highlands made zero field goals in the fourth quarter they were 13 of 17 free throws um so you know sam vincent i thought i I thought he had the play of the game where um, dumas had a chance to tie it with about three minutes left and he stole the ball and they kind of went on a run out and then then they got the ball out of, out of bounds. I thought he played well. He had eight assists. Of course, he's a Northern Kentucky University commit. Um, of course, the way the Mueller was shooting it, 
Um, what did you think about Highland's defense? Um, do, do, do you think it's a little bit suspect, or do you think it's a really good defense like Ashland's defense? I mean, I don't think they've played as well as Ashland has this tournament, but, but their defense is pretty good. They forced some turnovers. Um, you know, they put pressure on you. They're going to give up a few easy baskets because of that, but in general I thought they, they played well. Uh, you know, they can bring in Leighton Reed off the bench. He does a pretty good job. of uh, He was kind of getting after Dumas there in the fourth quarter to prevent him from getting anything easy. And, uh, you know, Barth, I think, got early in the in the first half, just a, kind of a one-man press, got a steal and a layup. And uh, so they, they can force some turnovers. And then, of course, you know, they've got Vincent on the backside who can block shots. I think he's probably getting about three blocks and three steals a game, it feels like, this, this season. So, uh, you know, when you've got a guy who can uh, create havoc like that, uh, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the other team. Uh, so, you know, when you shoot it the way they do and, and if they can force some turnovers and get some, some free baskets that way and free possessions, then uh, it's, it's just a tough matchup. Um, you know, I think McCracken did a pretty good job of controlling the tempo. That's what we talked about they had to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just where they could never get, get over the hump, it felt like, and, you know, they finally get the lead and, and give them that straight point. Just never could uh, could quite get it to that tie game after that. Yeah, I give McCracken credit. The coach after the game says those guys have been playing together since they was kids. He said they're all. I think they're all kind of local to that team. And of course, the school's kind of new, but they all grew up together down there. You could tell they play as a team. I mean, Hard had 15 points. Brower played well. Dumas had 14 points. But yeah, they, they did a good job on him at the end. Uh, I know he kind of took a took it upon himself because he was their key spark but kind of had some turnovers and, and and some buckets that were close to going in that didn't I know Hart had a three that I think almost went in and yeah they they needed everything to go right down the stretch in order to win and, and they just couldn't over, overcome that tough start I think where they got down like maybe like eight to four or something like that um so any, any final thoughts on this game and also on McCracken's season would they take an elite eight finish yeah, I mean, I think they, again, a great year for them. I think that's probably about what their ceiling was this year. Uh, of all the underdogs all week, I think they had the best game um, as far as, as putting a thread into the favorite. Uh, so, you know, that was one I we talked, and, and we weren't exactly sure how they were going to handle Highlands offensively. And, I, you know, they did a, did a decent job. Um, they gave themselves a chance, so I think they should – definitely be proud of, of both the season and, and of the run they had in the tournament with a nice um, probably easier than expected win in the in the first round and then, and then playing Highlands really well here yeah and we'll see how they do going forward it's kind of a power out, out of the west and they're always really good in baseball and they're they're good in tennis I'm sure so so kind of the question is are they um, are they always going to be a team that that's in the mix when they're on a good year to make the quarterfinals and semifinals, but will they be able to win it? You know, will they ever be able to put together a state champion? And it just seems like they keep running into a wall. So we'll, we'll kind of see, see what, what happens. Yeah. I mean, the first region historically has not, uh, has not really been bringing the state title back. So uh, every, every decade or every eight years, they might make a run to the semis or finals out of, out of the first region just in general. But, uh, you know, I think McCracken does have a program that if, if a team's going to get over that hump and win a title, they're they're probably the one who will do it. Yeah, yeah, so that's they're probably the best hope from the first region. All right, so quickly we we probably won't do much of a preview because 
um, people are probably going to listen to this after these semifinal games because it's only it's coming up soon. We're recording at 9.40 a.m. So the first game I put on Twitter, E-Town and Ballard, I think people said 51% E-Town, uh, 50.6% E-Town. So they expect almost a split there. And then the second game I put on Twitter, and people really like Ashland, I guess especially people that have only watched this Sweet 16 and didn't follow them all year. They've got them 64.8%. And then to win the whole thing um, out of the four teams, 39% E-Town, 36% Ballard, 19% Ashland, 5.6% Highlands. That's only 36 votes. But I thought Highlands would have a little more votes there. Um, so so what's, what's your thoughts? Which matchup are you looking forward to most? Or or or, or do, do you think it – are you looking forward to both of them? Yeah, I think both of them should be good. And I think regardless of who wins, the finals should be pretty exciting. Um, you know, it's, we haven't really had the great game in the tournament yet, and so uh, the ones that are the most memorable are the ones that come on the last day. So, you know, maybe we'll get get that special moment uh, in in one of these three games. A um, couple, couple things I just wanted to mention really quickly. Uh, you know, sometimes you can pretty much figure out how things are going to work before the season even starts. Uh, our, our preseason rankings: we had Ballard number one, E Town number two, Ashland number five, and Highlands number eight. Uh, and wow. so, if you look at the look at the way the brackets were drawn, those are the the four highest uh, ranked teams from each of the each of the quadrants. So that's the the highest five that could be in in the or highest four that could be in the final four. So, uh, you know, the teams that brought back the most talent, the teams that uh, had have proven themselves last year, and and uh, you know just were expected to do well, have have lived up to those expectations. Uh, so, you know, no no surprise there, but uh, I think we're in for a great day of basketball. Yeah, you should take our preseason rankings there on KSR and tweet that out and say what you said so eloquently, and then I will retweet it and we'll make our rankings look good um, if you have the time today. Um, we'll, because, we'll yeah, yeah, the preseason rankings that not only we did, but uh, that a lot of outlets did around the state were pretty accurate, right? I mean, it's it seems like a lot of people kind of knew who the top teams were. It was no surprise, and they were the top teams. Um, so uh, a couple notes. Um, one of them is I think if if um, if Ballard has a kind of a big blowout win over E-Town, it would be kind of boring. But I think if E-Town, if it's a close game where E-Town could somehow slay the giant of Ballard 6-9 and, you know, the mystique that comes with Ballard and, and uh, and all that stuff where the crowd usually cheers against them. I think that would be interesting if if it's either a close game or a, or a big E town win. I think a Ballard blowout would be kind of boring. Do you agree? Uh, you know the way these teams play, I think I think any of it could be pretty entertaining, uh, just mm-hmm. the way that uh, they are entertaining teams. But uh, you know, g- give me some close games today is what I need. Yeah, yeah, and then and then E town has a player uh, Camden Williams that had a. His father was on the championship team for E-Town in the early 2000s. 2001, is that right? 2002? Uh, two, 2000. 2000. And then um, what about Highlands being in the semis for the first time since 97 where Jared Lorenz and, and Derek Smith had him? That's where they lost the Paintsville, is that right? Or was that 98 when they lost the Paintsville? No, they, they beat Paintsville in the semis in 97 overtime on the, the, the putback off the missed free throw. Uh, they lost in the finals to Eastern, who was just a, a dynamite team that year. Okay, yep. So they, they actually made the finals that year. 
So, yeah, I remember that. That was on a Saturday uh, morning. That was a great game where Jared Lorenz and Derek Smith had the missed free throw were on purpose. I think that that was the game. So, yep. So, um, yeah, anything else on that, on those memories? Ashland, of course, uh, in the 90s, made the finals. Yeah, so just it'll be whoever wins it will be the first title for the school, at least since 2000. Uh, E-Town's won in 2000. Ballard uh, won in 99 and also 88 and 77. Uh, Ashland won most recently in 61, and then uh, won, I think, in, uh, what, 28, 33, and 34, if I remember correctly. And then Highlands never won at their best finish with that runner-up in, in 97. So, you know, teams that are uh, historically have been good, but uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a fresh champion, uh, first championship in, in the players' lifetimes for, for whatever team wins it. Yeah, Ballard keeps knocking on the door, I think, four finals since they won in 99. So if they make the finals again and lose, that would be tough, especially if they lose to, like, a Ashland, you know, or Highlands, either one, where they'd come in probably as a favorite. So, yeah, I'm going to write a probably an article recapping everything, just talking about the champion and the history. So Ashland going for their fifth championship, which would tie them for third most all time, I think. Um, so, yeah, should be very exciting. And then – Highlands has brought a, a, an enthusiastic band, an enthusiastic crowd, a good crowd. Do you think any of these other teams will bring a good crowd? Um, maybe Ashland should be bringing maybe a few more people than they have been. Yeah, I think that game will have a pretty good crowd. Um, Ballard uh, typically has not been bringing very many. I don't know that E-Town will be able to match that. But that second semifinal should probably be you know, possibly our best crowd of the tournament, or at least uh, outside of the, the Madison Central Crowd. Yeah, it should be a good one. All right, well, thanks for getting on with me, and we'll see you in, in about an hour, I guess. Yeah, let, let, me, let me throw a couple stats in here real quick okay. for, for people like me who like to follow to see if they're going to be the record set. Uh, there are three guys this tournament who have at least 13 assists. Uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent and Franklin each have 13, and Porter has 14. Uh, the best I can find the record for most assists in a tournament is 28, uh, so any of those three guys could make a run at that. And then uh, Baker Barr has nine blocks so far in the tournament, and I think the most blocked in a tournament is 19. So, uh, you know, another another record that could possibly be threatened. So uh, there's just a couple things to keep an eye on today. How about the three-point record for a tournament? I'd say Lofton probably has that one. Lofton at 17 has that one. Could someone approach that? Did Muller get some in the first game? He probably so, did. Yeah, so – so Muller currently has ten, and, and Vincent actually has seven. Um, they they are a combined seventeen and twenty-two. Pretty impressive. Uh, okay. But yeah, if, if uh, Muller has has another game like he did today, he will definitely approach Lofton's record there of seventeen. Yeah, if they can win today, especially in the first game, and then and then, do you like this old format of Saturday Saturday finals, Saturday semi Saturday? Absolutely finals? love it. Uh, yeah, the, it makes Saturday uh, just the, the best day of the year. Yeah, me too, except the only thing I don't like is that the the losing team in the finals does not have a night to celebrate their win. They don't get to go to sleep thinking, hey, I won in the morning. So that's the only only downside, but I also like it. But it's short-lived. It's just because of Easter, so I'm sure it'll go back. Well, ho- well thanks I hope for- not, but, uh, yep, we'll, we'll enjoy it while we've got it. Yeah, well, thanks for being on. I'll see you later. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye.